little bit of uh, the NFL Combine over the weekend. Some Tennessee players probably made themselves a uh, large amount of money with performances in Indy. But first, go ahead, Hickman. Let's just get this out of the way. I mean, there's not much to talk about yet. You know, it's just a little bit of speculation Mm -hmm. that old Kleinman put out there. Old Kleinman, yep. Old Kleinman. uh, That, you know, some rumors going around that, you know, maybe Tom Brady's not actually done for good after all. And just Brady being Brady. Brady being Brady and the possibility of maybe him landing in Miami with the Dolphins after all. Which was, uh, I think, the initial move before the tampering Mm -hmm. uh, discussion got brought up. Uh, old Dove climbing. All goats tamper. Fatello, Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. Barnes. Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Some goats. Uh, uh, the tweet reads as follows. Tom Brady might not be, quote, done after all with his playing in the NFL, according to Rich Eisen Show, who uh, talked to some people in Indy. So Rich Eisen... Went to the Combine to do his work for the NFL Network, obviously, and talked to some people who said, quote, folks are saying to keep an eye on Miami. I said earlier, Miami's offensive line, not exactly known as one to keep quarterbacks clean, especially with all the injuries to Tua Tungvaloa in the last year. But because of those injuries, they might be a team that is willing to overpay for a quarterback so that they don't waste uh, the young talents of Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, and others. They have Mostert now, too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. And, uh, I mean, Gusecki, great Gusecki's tight good, end. Good Tom tight Brady end. loves yeah, the tight, tight ends. End. And as Brett just mentioned, you know, the Dolphins are one of the possible teams that would be interested in uh, maybe shopping around for Derrick Henry a little bit. So Whew. could you imagine Derrick Henry, Tom Brady, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell? Do we even need to play the season if that – if that's how it plays out next year. Just go year. ahead and crown them. Is that, is that where you're at? Pretty much. Okay. And, like, th- this needs to happen. Uh, for people who just love Tom Brady, which is weird, this would be his third team in the last, what, five years? Uh, I, I, I do understand it. I did a similar thing with Peyton, although I did pick the Broncos as my new favorite team uh, when Peyton sat out that year, not knowing he would end up in Denver. But it – I mean, I don't know. A lot of great quarterbacks have done this, right? I mean, Favre did it to a degree. Uh, Rodgers right now is flirting with it. Brady's already done it once. Uh, not only has he retired once, he has now retired a second. If it, Hickman, isn't it kind of a bad look, though, to unretire twice? Uh, at Brett least Favre did it. Did he do it twice? Did he do it twice? I think he did. I, I thought he just know. did it Who once. Cares? He could be, well, he went he, to the Vikings. Yeah, well, he, he did, he that's him. true, he did. He did go to the Jets. I forget about his time like, at the Jets because he was pretty good else, the Vikings. Look how good I do in these light pastel colors. Me and Teal and Orange, like, come on. It's a match made in heaven. Dolphins gear, coolest gear in the league, by the way. I will say that. Why wouldn't you want to go to San Francisco? I, would, I don't like his chances in the AFC. I would take San Fran. All the teams in the AFC, he'd have to get. I mean, that's two pretty historic NFL franchises. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely some. Who, who would he get along better with? You think Shanahan or uh, oh, who's my guy? Who's my Mike McDaniel? Yeah, McDaniel. McDaniel. (laughs) Honestly, I kind of think that 
both of those are good fits, honestly. I think Shanahan might have a little bit more of an ego to him just because San Francisco's obviously got the defense too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Shanahan's turned some really bad teams into really good teams. Well, and the good thing about Shanahan is he plays to his quarterback strengths and plays away from their weaknesses. Yeah. Uh he's I mean look at what he did with uh with Purdy this year. I mean rookie guy, uh last man selected in the draft and he had him Looking really, really good. Not throwing for 404 touchdowns a game, but managing the offense, leaning on the defense, using the run game. Uh, ran, I mean, I think everybody's in the you know in the leagues run it now. That fake to the left, fake to the right, hit the tight end up the seam. I'm pretty sure it was Shanahan that ran that Beautiful. first. And then you saw the Chiefs run it basically the next week. If I'm a- Shanahan, Andy Reid sees a uh, a new funny play and he scoops it up like a cheeseburger if i'm shanahan why would you even want a quarterback at this point you can go you can win 13 games every year with whoever you've proved you've proved that but they haven't got over the top yet i know but if you get a legit star quarterback and at that point and the don't expectation get over the top. is super bowl uh well there's actually i was listening to some this is a while ago but someone said that there may be an ego trip with shanahan because he realizes that he can take you know average quarterbacks and still win 12 13 14 games and that's a a point of pride for him. So I wonder how interested he would be in Tom Brady, because he's I mean to do it with who? Because Lance breaks his ankle, Garoppolo comes back and is still pretty good. Then he gets hurt yeah. again. Then here comes Purdy. Th- then they start one other guy. Didn't they have to start four quarterbacks this year? I don't think they started four. Uh, okay. No, they played four because they started at least three. Purdy got hurt and then came back and then. Oh yeah, they had Unless to. Unless you count uh, McCaffrey Johnson taking some snaps, you're right. No, I'm not. I'm not going to count that. I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, I, I, I think I would trust Shanahan as a coach more, but I do like the weapons in Miami. If I'm Tom Brady. Oh yeah. And you, they got you know, weapons out in San Francisco. Debo, you, you got Kittle, better tight end. You and you got the defense. You're not gonna have to probably do it. Well, I'm not talking about defense. I'm talking about weapons. Team. And I just think that Tyreek Hill, Waddle, and Gasecki. I think that's better than. Yeah, I think I take that over. Uh, so like the ball Kittle, Debo, field, and, and they've been talking about Brady's arm not being able to push the ball down. But Tua can't throw it that far. Like he's probably got just as strong of an arm as Tua. Those guys are so open anyway. You, you can throw it earlier to them, and they're five yards open instead of ten well, if you hold the ball. Super Bowls, and I think trying to win one coming out of the AFC, trying to go through Mahomes. No, I think that'd be really Allen. tough. I think that'd be really tough. San Francisco. And, I mean, who's in the NFC these days? I mean, San Fran though. I mean, they're they're just known for being like one quarterback away for the past four years. Though, right. So well, and that's the thing. Does Shanahan realize that and say, okay, I'm going to go get Tom Brady? Or does he say, uh, I'll just continue to get really good play out of a quarterback and then? They'll get hurt right right before the playoffs or in the playoffs because that's what's happened to them seemingly every year since he's been there. Do you th- right now, Hickman? Do you think he comes back and plays one more year, or do you think uh, this is a uh, an elaborate smokescreen? It is smokescreen season in the NFL as uh, agents, players, and media members are doing anything they can to uh, keep people's names at the uh, tip of the tongue. I'm gonna say yeah, he does. I mean. And if you're not going to get your wife back, I don't think that's going to happen. Might as well just go play football. I guess he'd want to stay in Miami because family's down there. Yeah. He was looking at the schools, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. 
Do you not think that like someone would tour the schools for him? No, dude. You want to be involved with your children's education. Well, yeah, but you're Tom Brady. You know what they're teaching in schools these days? Hickman. I mean, it's some real crap that's going on in our school systems these days. So respect to him for wanting to get involved. What do you think he's in there asking for syllabus? Maybe. <laughs> like, hey, uh, let me let me see your curriculum here. You think that's what it is? No, he's walking around, he's shaking hands and seeing if he likes the people, likes the school, likes the facility. I doubt he's looking at the the course load. That how old is his son now? Like twelve? Come on, that's not what he's doing. He's just he's you know what he's doing? He's showboating. He's trying. He's trying to keep his name in the headlines. I, I don't know if he's going to play. So you got money that he plays, and I'm just. I'm just not sold. I'm not so sure. You want to bet on it? No. Yeah, you're already kind of. You're you're kind of strapped. You're you're too deep in a couple other Unless bets. Unless you want to put Makino on the line. I thought we had. We talked about this last. week. We had week. a bet the other day, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we had a. What was the bet on? Uh, I have to go back and listen in front of 16. Okay. Honestly, he's touring high schools. Even better. Yeah, and that's why you want to know the curriculum because 16, they're vulnerable. They're very uh, impressionable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, leaves for school a boy one day and comes home, and he, who knows what he's going to come home as. A man? Uh, you're, you're towing a line. We're going to hit a break. Uh-huh. I'm going to get Hickman back in order here. Schools suck these days. Not all of them. There's a reason we're going to hell as a country. What are you doing, man? This is Optimism Tuesday. Yeah. You're a... Just hit the button, man. Can't do it. Frank, Frank. Pass out. Back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios fan run radio. Uh, Tease a little combine talk earlier. Sounds like the uh, Tennessee contingent had a pretty good showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee with two of the top four graded wide receivers in the combine. Jalen Hyatt comes in at number one. Tillman at number four. Uh, good for Tillman, obviously coming off the ankle injury. Uh, ran a four-five-six, I believe, a four-five-six and a four-five-four. I think at his size, that's plenty fast enough. Uh, Hyatt, I don't know about you guys, I was a little surprised when I saw the number. I think you mean disappointed. Not surprised. Mm, I, I don't know if I was disappointed. No, I mean you heard all the talk leading up to the combine. Of I mean four four is still was. fast. Yes, I thought he would be faster. I was disappointed for him, um, but apparently he complained of hamstring tightness after the workouts the day before and decided to still run the forty. Uh, again, four four, not slow, but he I think had set his number at four two nine or below as to what he expected to run. Uh, he has now said that his goal is to get completely healthy and run again at Tennessee's Pro Day. I am not exactly sure when that is, but it would probably be during the middle of spring practice. Um, my guess is he'll uh, he'll speed that time up. Um, looking at 
Pride of Detroit uh, NFL writer Eric Schlitt has kind of graded out the receivers as far as X, Y, and Z. Uh, he graded Tillman out as the second best X receiver in the combine. Uh, impressive size and movement skills. He didn't match Quentin Johnson's numbers. Uh, TCU standout, six foot three, two hundred eight. Tillman measured in at six foot three, two thirteen. Uh, but he also won't carry the same costly price tag as Johnston. Uh, still had him above some other players that were looking to up their stock price for Wheaton, Grant Dubose, Anton Green. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, he did have as the highest-graded wide receiver Z slash slot. Uh, he said Hyatt is going to be a wide receiver Z in the NFL and could be the first receiver off the board come draft day. I don't know that I'll go that far. Yeah, I but won't either. But. It, I, I do think if he runs another if, – if he can run a 4-2-9 or even a 4-3-3 or lower – uh, he'll probably scoot up a little bit. I still don't know if he'd be the first off the board. He's a long strider and makes up room quickly, gets in and out of his breaks with ease, and had strong hands at the catch point. Uh, the jump scores match the explosion you see in his game film. Hickman, did you say he dropped one from Levis? Yeah. I mean, that's he, good. You don't want Levis to throw you know, all completions. He I did have to slow down a tad bit, it looked like. So maybe if Levis would have used that arm strength that is so uh... – so impressive and let him a little bit more. Well, did you hear what Levis said going into the con? Because he said he's not going to run. And people were a little surprised. They said, you're not going to run, but you're going to throw. He said, yeah, I have a cannon. I've got to show off my arm. And then I watched a few videos. I mean, he was throwing it far. Uh, I think he and Stetson Bennett tied for the fastest ball thrown at like 59 miles an hour. That was kind of a surprise. Hmm. Um, But everything that I saw him throw in the – you know, with the wide receivers, it looked like he was underthrowing everything deep. Um, I also read that apparently, as far as throwing the football, Stetson Bennett was the most impressive quarterback at the combine. I know this is all subjective, but yeah. uh, again, did not expect that. Uh, Andy Staples of Sports Illustrated was talking about Anthony Richardson, who I guess. Maybe jumps into a top ten pick conversation after his performance this weekend. I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing this crap. I, I don't mean, know, man. He he crushed the uh, the vertical jump record for quarterbacks. What did he run? A four five. He might have been four fours. No, yeah, I think he was. I think he was four four four. Yeah. I mean that's that's scooting. Just um, because you can run yeah. fast and throw a football uh, really far and jump really high, none of that has to do with winning football games in the NFL. He couldn't beat Vanderbilt. I just what does fifty four percent in college completion percentage equate to in pros? Well, the thing is with NFL GMs and coaches right now, they're they're looking at the tool set, and th- there are things that Anthony Richardson can do that the most cerebral quarterback can't. And I'm wondering if GMs and coaches are going to say whatever they d- failed to teach him at Florida. You know, wherever the shortcomings were there, I can fix that and I can use this to mold him into the perfect NFL quarterback. My question is, if you're a GM, and I, I don't know where G, it's, it sounds like it's going to be Stroud goes first. There's some question marks about Bryce Young. He came in a little bit, sm- I say a little bit, he's like two inches shorter than what he was listed at Alabama. Um, but if you're a GM and the two quarterbacks left on your board are Will Levis and and Anthony Richardson, 
I think you can fail with Richardson, and people will understand it more than if you fail with Will Levis. Yeah, if you fail with Will Levis, you pretty much were just like, eh, well, they just got lazy and they wanted to go the Josh Allen route and try and get lucky. Right. I mean, Richardson's, you, regardless of how you feel about him as a quarterback, he is a freak. Uh, also, this is an interesting tidbit that Jordan on Twitter just sent me. Uh, this is a quote from an NFL quarterback coach talking to The Athletic. Okay. Hendon was great. He is trending to overtake Will Levis on my quarterback rankings. Will is more talented as far as arm strength and size, but I think Hendon might run faster. He's more nimble, and he has more throws in his arm. He was so mature. He remembered both offenses from Tennessee and Virginia Tech in such detail. He talked about the route depths and the reasoning behind certain things, and he was very even kill. I would be shocked if he doesn't make it in some capacity. Did you see his podium interview where they were asked about this offense and how he thought it might hurt him that it was a first read offense? And they okay. they asked him about the the depth of a certain play, like if your if your first read's not there, like then what? And I thought he had a really good answer. He's he he just said it's not my fault that my receivers were always open on my first read, but if you continue through a progression of a play, you'll see that we have you know, option two, option three, option four. He just rarely had to get to that because high pull scheming guys wide open all the time. Thought it was a really good answer. He got, I don't want to say he was mad, but he was definitely a little bit defensive of Josh Heupel in this offense, which has been labeled by many across college football, especially from fans who don't know any better, as a gimmicky style of offense. I thought he did a really good job of, uh, yeah, like showing a little... A little frustration with that narrative and then doing a great job to not only defend himself but his teammates and the system that Josh Heupel runs. I thought it was really, really clever uh, the way he handled that question. Are we are we surprised at all that he crushed it in the interview situations? Oh, no. He, I mean, he is as well-spoken as a – just, I mean, I, I can't think of – like Admiral Schofield comes to mind when comparing the two in regards to just how well-spoken they were with the media and with fans – uh, very mature, very professional, great kids. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised he's crushing it. Yeah, I, I'm glad he he went up there. Obviously, he can't run, he can't throw, he can't do any of the physical stuff. But he seems like a guy you put him in a room and start asking questions about his character, and then obviously you have him throw up some stuff on the whiteboard offensively. Uh, no doubt that he was going to absolutely knock that out of the park. Uh, another guy who made – a bunch of moves this weekend. Darnell Wright. Um, I don't see Lewis Riddick tweet that much about offensive linemen, but that's a guy that when I'm watching NFL shows and he starts talking, I'm going to listen. And they showed what, what he ran a 502 or something like that, 50240 for Darnell Wright. Uh, apparently, you know, blew it away in in every situation he was put in at the combine and it's safe to say has probably solidified himself as a first round pick is there a chance Tennessee gets two in the first round if Hyatt run if Hyatt can run a little bit better at pro day and Darnell Wright obviously really at this point for him it seems like if you stay healthy and you're Darnell Wright like you're going in the first round people seem to love every because obviously he moved from left tackle to right tackle they were bragging on him for how difficult that is to do runs a good 40 time uh, 
I thought I saw that his arm length came in as something ungodly for what they yeah. expected it to be. I think he just solidified himself in the first Yeah, game. I think so, too. I think he was going to go, but I think he just solidified it. But as far as the second one goes, I mean, even uh, Byron Young was mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in the season as he he performed as well as anybody defensively. Yeah. Back to back to uh, Darnell for a second. I mean, they asked Will Anderson over the weekend, you know, who's the mm-hmm. toughest matchup you've ever had in your college career? And, I mean, he said Darnell. That's, and if you look at the look at the tape from this year, Will Anderson didn't have any effect on that ball game. I'm trying to remember. He ran, what, like a 4-6-7? Who? Uh, Will Anderson. Which, Any of his combine. I don't think that's that big of a deal because it's really about your first 10 yards as, as an edge rusher. Yeah, like um, but it is kind of difficult when you see Nolan four, Smith. 4-6. Six. 4-6, six, okay. But when Nolan Smith runs a 4-3-9, I think that kind of cocks some people's heads, uh, mine included. I did not expect him to run a 4-3-9. Uh, who's, is it Ringo? Ringo ran a really good 40 time. I think he ran like a 4-3-4. Four, or something like that. He was he was cooking. Um, I was I was surprised at some of the defensive forty times. I mean, it, it yeah. seems like a lot of the best athletes. Like when you look at size and speed, you know, you're not seeing tight ends. Uh, got, got Calvin Johnson comes to mind. Obviously, he was a receiver, but when he ran, I think he ran a four three one maybe at that size, and you're thinking, oh my, you know, this is elite. But for Nolan Smith to do that, six foot two and a half. 238, so call it 240, to run a 439, broad jump of 10.8, and a vertical of 41.5 inches. I mean, and then I think it was him who gave the quote that they do more with less at Georgia than anyone else in the country. I thought that was pretty clever. You, they were really hurting for talent at Georgia this year. I'm glad that he got, uh, I guess, lucky in the uh, in the combine to run such a great time. Uh, Byron Young ran a four four three. That is crazy. Um, also broad jumped eleven feet. Had a really good vertical too at thirty eight inches. He came in at six foot two and a half two fifty. Um, I don't know if he'll go first round, but safe to say he won't make it past the second day. Good for him. Any? Did I miss anything else from the combine? Was there any like crazy story? Any anybody run a time that just blew you away? I personally hate the combine. No. Oh. Uh, okay. The running backs impressed. I think the top guys. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. He was. Uh, didn't he? Yeah. Pretty good. I did see that every Alabama player at the combine came in like an average of an inch and a half shorter than what they were listed on Alabama's roster. Apparently, there were some NFL executives not too pleased with the fact that uh, it appears Alabama is. <clears throat> exaggerating the height of their athletes. Not that I can say I'm totally surprised. It is Alabama, after all. But that was a storyline that I saw. Other than that, it seems like it was a pretty cut-and-dry combine. Yeah. Obviously, the quarterback talk is going to be... I mean, if you turn on any ESPN show or NFL Network show, that's all the questions are going to be asked of you know the next couple of weeks is, you know, which quarterback... Uh, it sounded like Anthony Richardson, like I said, had a really good performance. Did Will Levis hurt himself? No. Help just kind of did what people expected. Obviously, he didn't run. Bryce Young officially uh, measured at the exact same height as Kyler Murray measured in at. 
which is insane. And, uh, like, I don't know, Kyler Murray, though, obviously probably has about 15, 20 pounds on him, I'd say. He's a stocky dude, so hmm. young, not so much. Uh, <laughs> he was playing some chess out there with the thickness of his uh, of his shoes. I will say that. He was out there walking around. Did you see his shoes? No. They're, like, that thick on the bottom. So Bryce Young? Yeah. He was adding an inch there with that, so. They measure him in bare feet. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You just want to appear taller when you're like, man, he is the tallest 5'10 guy I've ever seen. I'll have to check that. Oh, I see him now. Sneaky move. You think you go with maybe the same color sole as yeah. the top of the shoe, so you're not actually giving it away like that. But, uh, hey, can't knock the hustle. If I, was a, if I was a GM, though, I think the best quarterback, if I needed a quarterback who I would take, is probably C.J. Stroud. The All-22 film against Georgia – some of those throws that he made, I think I'm with you. I don't know. Bryce Young tore them up too. He threw for like 400 yards. Uh, yeah. I just I, I like Stroud's. I mean, it's the NFL, and we're already seeing it you with can Tua. Use size anymore is a detriment on a quarterback. Oh, I, no, you can't. You can. You you can. You can't just put on the tape. Bryce Young was the best quarterback in college football the last couple of years. I mean, I, hang on, Brad. I'm not saying Bryce Young is bad. I'm well, saying Stroud. Was just as good against Georgia, and also is three or four inches taller and bigger. It was forty-five mile an hour winds. I mean, it's not—they're not comparable. I think it was was, the wind was howling. Like I'm not gonna—I'm gonna make fun of him at the time. Michigan in two seasons. I think I'd take Bryce Young second, C.J. Stroud first. I mean, those are gonna be one and two. Third, Uh, there's a chance that you're. Your just jaw's going to drop to the floor. Indy as the fourth pick if I was a quarterback. Hmm? I think they have the best moving forward weapons. They got Jonathan Taylor at the run game. They got the best offensive line of those teams in the top. Yeah, I hope they take Levis. I'm not a big Indy fan. I don't like Jim Mercy. <laughs> I hope Call he goes me. to the Titans. That's not going to hit the button. That's not going to happen. What are you talking <laughs> The Titans? What? Here's some numbers for you, Hickman. You'll like this. Uh, Let's hear it. First of all, I feel like they just started doing this in recent years, but uh, they are doing the velocity test for quarterbacks. Ah. Where they're saying, hey, just throw it as fast and as hard as you can. They have a guy with a pad in the end zone who has to just sit there and take it. Yeah, I think that is new. Did they do that last year? I don't even remember it from last year. Uh, This is the first I've heard of it. Um, But then again, I don't really like the combine, so. I understand. Uh, Will Levis, 59 miles an hour. Okay. Stetson Bennett, also 59 miles an hour. C.J. Stroud, 59 miles an hour. Anthony Richardson, you get a one-mile-per-hour jump to 60. DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson of UCLA threw at 62. He had the highest. Tom Brady, at age 41, was clocked at 61 miles an hour. Yep, you know, uh, still got it. What do you think? How old is he now? 45. When was he clocked throwing a a fastball? I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. What do you think Milton could throw if he just uncorked That that was going to be my next question. Like, uh, I know they used to do it in the Pro Bowl, uh, like the who could throw it the furthest, but 
Could anyone out throw? I mean, it really might be the strongest arm I've ever seen. But I don't know if that's. I mean, it's it's all about like especially when you're throwing it far. It's all about angle, arm angle, you know, height versus obviously you have to have strength. Do we think Milton will shatter every record for throwing the football at the NFL Combine? Yeah, there's a very good chance. I mean, how far do we think he could just sit back and throw it? 75, 80 yards. I think that's easy, right? I mean, he threw an orange, what, 110? Uh, well, they stopped it at 110 because it hit the fence. Yeah. So, But it was it was basically through the goalpost at 110 and then hit the back fence. So you're looking at 120 field. to 130, probably. Something like that. And I, say, I think that was his first throw. So that was uh, that was a no warm-up, I'm just going to throw this orange as far as I can. Yeah, I'd say he could launch a football, I think, 75, 80 yards. I mean, he can throw it 50 from his knees. He can throw field goals. So, like, I think that's from the 50 through the – I mean, that's oh, it's almost like 65, 70 yeah. to do that, which obviously you can't step into that. Um, level of excitement to watch him be the starter – Presumably all year. We'll obviously see how well Nico comes along, but it's safe to say Joe Milton will be your starter. After the Orange Bowl performance, are we are we feeling pretty good about that? Yeah. Are we still hesitant? Is he still overthrow Joe? Or do we think that there's a chance we see some things maybe never seen before by a Tennessee quarterback with Joe Milton at the helm? I'm very excited for football season next year. Mm. Uh I forgot who it was that did this. It might have been SEC Mike. He put out the uh, – or it was either SEC Mike or Saturday Down South. They did the SEC quarterback rooms and graded them. Uh, Tennessee graded out at an A for their quarterback room. Obviously, mm-hmm. we got Joe Milton and Nico. Uh, the only team that had a more high grade – more bleh, only team that had a higher grade with their quarterback room was Ole Miss. Of course, they have – Oh, yeah. They got Jackson Dart. They got the Spencer Sanders kid. Didn't they get another transfer? Yes. Quarterback? Uh, didn't they get the kid from LSU? Yeah, I believe they did. So they got three guys sitting there that could. I think it's like two five-stars and a four-star. Yeah. Which uh, is pretty remarkable that you were able to get all those guys. wonder how they did that. So they got an A+. Plus. We got an A. Uh, I think Arkansas got an A- minus because they have KJ returning, but not really important right now, but – I'm super pumped, and I'm a granite. If he overthrows people, I'm still going to call him overthrow Joe every time it happens. You just like it because it rhymes. I mean, he's going to. Yeah, he not, is. He's not when you every, have that arm, it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's a big – I mean, he can do that and it not be a looming problem for your football team next year. No, and I know it, for most most of the season it was limited appearances, but I thought he did a really nice job of – I mean, it looked like he was throwing it differently. Like, you could almost see him at the last second of his release taking just a little bit off of it. Um, I still don't remember him under-throwing. I don't remember anybody that had to come back for the ball, but they were still in a position where, you know, was it Missouri? He came in and threw that one to squirrel. There was a diving catch at the one. Yeah. You know, he's got Ramel Keaton wide open down the sideline against Clemson, drops it in the bucket. That deep over, that, like, almost like a deep slant post concept that he threw uh, the two touchdowns in, in the bowl game. Uh, I don't I don't remember seeing a quarterback throw that ball that hard, that accurately, on basically the same throw two times in the same game. The guy has maybe the most ridiculous arm I can remember seeing. 
and he makes it look so effortless. A lot of guys have big arms, but it, you can tell it takes their whole body to so torque just, into yeah. it. And he literally just flicks his wrist, and the ball goes 65. With his size and speed, with that combination there, I think it'll be interesting to see how much we dial up for him on the ground game. Uh, you didn't see it in the Orange Bowl at all, really, which, I mean, mm. rightfully so. You were one bad hit away from having Navy, Shuler, or Gaston Moore <laughs> right, right. come in to play quarterback. Right. So that's definitely reasonable. No, that, that's a good point because that was a really big I, – I, I shouldn't say big. It was an important part of our offense this year, um, the design quarterback runs. And we didn't even dial it – we didn't get to see Milton do that, and he had right. a lot of success. Right. It's one of the elite defenses in college football. But I remember – I think we got like six or seven plays into the Florida game. We'd only thrown two passes, and the only person to have carried the ball was Hendon Hooker. And just having that be something you can go to and get – it doesn't have to be an 80-yard touchdown run via Dobbs, but to be able to kind of soften up a defense early by running your quarterback. And we saw him do – We what, what do you have, like a 50-something yarder against Pitt yeah, he the just, year before – He's obviously in much better shape now, so I I agree. I think he's I don't think he'll run. What did I say that uh, Richardson ran like a four four? I don't think he'll run a four four, but I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be in the four six range. I, I think he'll like, be in the four five. I range. would like to see though five or six just design quarterback runs for Joe Milton next year. Per game, per game, give or take. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of that'll have to do with the development of his Nico. Arm. No, or his arm. What do you mean? I don't know. Like I mean if. If he really just dials it in and is just consistently playing like oh, he you're did saying they wouldn't they wouldn't go to it as like, much. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why even bother at that point? Well, to your point earlier, though, I think a lot of it is if they feel like they have a capable backup, maybe you're a little more likely to call some of those runs because you're not always thinking catastrophic injury, but it could be a ding shoulder, a stinger, the helmet comes off, even just it, yeah, like losing your helmet in a close game, right? And have just having somebody they feel comfortable to come in and you know get a couple of snaps off. But I, I like that wrinkle of the quarterback design run, and I think Milton and, – and two, before we hit our last break, his first year here, I was pretty critical of how he finished runs. He was kind of a, I'm going to step to the side and try to maybe stiff arm you or run out of bounds. or He was finishing runs yeah. with authority. And at his size, I'm not saying he needs to be Cam Newton, but he needs to finish runs delivering the hit, not taking the hit. And I thought he did that much better last year and hopefully uh, going into 2023 uh, more of the same. We'll hit our last break. Come back. Final segment. It's 3 and Out on Fan Run Radio. Final segment of the program. We'll hit you with a little game preview for tonight's matchup between Tennessee baseball and Boston College. Uh, projected starters tonight for Tennessee on the mound, Xander Sechrist. Uh, 0-0 on the year, but he does have a zero ERA. Always nice to see zeros in the uh, ERA, especially before the decimal there. Uh, right-handed pitcher Henry Leak, the projected starter for Boston College. He is 1-1 one one on the season with an ERA of 4.22. This game will stream tonight on the SEC Network Plus and obviously the ESPN app. Andy Brock will be on the call. 
Uh, this is the first meeting in series history between the two teams. Uh, both teams enter Tuesday's contest with impressive winning streaks. Tennessee now 11 straight wins while the Eagles have won eight in a row. Tennessee's offense, this is according to uh, utsports.com, Tennessee's offense has proven it can strike big uh, in an inning at any time. In last weekend's series versus Gonzaga, the Vols scored five-plus runs in an inning on four different occasions. What was what was our big inning this weekend? Uh, the seventh, right? So, no, was what the... was what was? Did we score eight in an inning? Because we had what fifteen last week in the midweek game. We did, yeah. In one of the midweek games. Yeah. Uh, Boston College currently eight and one. Obviously, they are uh, winless and lossless in the ACC. Uh, they were nineteen and thirty-four last year, five and twenty-five in the ACC. So off to a really impressive start is Boston College. This is the 11th season for head coach Mike Gambino. That is a great baseball name. Wow. That is really Gambino? Like Bambino? Yep. That's the great Gambino. The great Gambino. Um, Gambino. I've never actually heard the name Gambino other than Childish Gambino, but that's man, and especially in baseball too, it's pretty should be a fun one. Pretty money. You gonna watch it? Yeah. There's a little delay there. You gonna watch it? Yeah, I'll watch it. Should we try to go? You gonna be busy? Got work to do. Tom's first pitch. Yeah, so this is typically what happens once you get to March. Instead of it being a four o'clock or a four thirty, uh, it backs up. Tonight's first pitch will be at six thirty p.m. So a little bit later start on these uh, midweek games from now on. It would appear. Uh, what's the weather looking like tonight? Yeah. Actually, is it supposed to rain later? Uh, no. Rain starts Thursday and Friday. Okay, good. So at least we'll get this baseball game in tonight. Uh, you said 6.30? Uh, yes. Uh, Mid-50s around first pitch, probably. That's not bad at all. No. What's the, what's the wind looking like? Wind and clouds. Uh, clouds. Uh, that's TBD. Okay. I'll we'll have to just check. The sky? Yeah, check the around sky that time. around that time. Okay, for for cloud information, just look outside at 6.30. Got it. Uh, wind. Uh, just, you know, just you have to kind of feel that yourself, you know. Just like lick the finger, stick it in the air, see which way it's blowing, look not, at the flagpole type not stuff? Not seeing anything on the old trusty weather app here. They don't have wind or cloud cover? No. What app are you looking at? Uh, the one that comes on an iPhone. Just, like the in-house? Yeah, the in-house weather app. Like, Is that the only one you have? Well, let me check weather.com. I had to delete a bunch of stuff for uh, uh-huh. for storage purposes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the wind today just around five miles an hour. Uh, I don't want to say it's tricky, but sunset will be at six thirty-six tonight, so you may get some of those little uh, twilight light issues, like we saw in Nashville last year. Uh, hopefully, that affects Boston College and not Tennessee. Tennessee will face Moorhead State this weekend. All three games at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, uh, six thirty on Friday, six p.m. Saturday and then a 1 o'clock first pitch on Sunday. I do not know how these times coincide with a potential 
Saturday game in the SEC tournament if Tennessee were to make it that uh, far. A little pro tip, just watch the baseball team. Is that you or me? That's me. What are you doing? Oh, oh wow. Is that Man. what is that is that what wind sounds like? Yeah, this uh this delivery guy just barely missed a tree falling on him. Wow. I did actually see a tree fall on Friday though. You saw it? Mm-hmm. I heard one. I saw it with my own eyes. Out in the Farragut area. Gambino. It was a big tree too. Because that you realize thousands of trees fell on Friday, right? I know, but like it's usually it's rare to see one fall yourself, you know. Did it make a sound? I don't know. I had the radio on and the windows were up. Mm. One of the world's greatest questions remains unanswered. I was listening to John and Cody just you know, it's better than listening to trees fall, you know. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. We'll uh, do it again tomorrow. Maybe. Same same time, same place. Keep it locked in. More Fan Run Radio. The Blitz is next. Shut up, Adam.